Jazz and Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph, they know the vibes, we outside. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed Podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Ebner and Dan Wolfenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bolt Family, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, and Liquid Death. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Dan Wolkenstein, pivotal, pivotal, pivotal matchup for the Los Angeles Chargers this week. Going up against San Francisco 49ers, again, coming off of a crazy, crazy victory against the Atlanta Falcons. Justin Herbert starting to kind of come back to the form that we're used to seeing him. Unfortunately, we still have a few more injuries to talk about heading into this week, which is definitely going to be a big deal going up against the talent of this Niners roster that is coming into town. Uh, but. Dan Wolkenstein, first and foremost, before we kick this preview off, how are you, sir? Uh, I am great. Thank you so much for asking, Jake. Uh, happy Thursday to the world, uh, Chargers fans worldwide. Uh, it has been uh, a wild week. Big, you mentioned pivotal, understatement game against the 49ers. And it's a very interesting team. Obviously, McCaffrey's now on the team, but it's a very interesting matchup, but we got a boatload of statistics as we go through this preview of this primetime game, the first of two back-to-back primetime games for your Los Angeles Chargers this week versus the Niners, next week versus the Chiefs. And I think you know everyone knows about this Niners defense and the vaunted, I mean, they're top 10 in many things. Uh, but their offense honestly isn't too bad either. And the Chargers offense, I think, is has been a little stalled for some time, obviously due to injury, due to possibly play calling, but also because Justin Herbert's been hurt. But the last couple weeks, things have started to kind of pick up. Uh, last week. But the char- the Okay, fine. They, they did great in practice <laughs> on their bye week. Last week. <laughs> okay. And, um, but look, the Chargers defense still statistically uh, – need some work and, and we're getting into that, but there is a path to victory for these Los Angeles chargers. However, narrow or wide that path is, we'll get to obviously we're going to go into the offense versus defense on both sides, get into some bold predictions. We've got a voicemail here to kind of help us get into some key game predictions. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, and to kind of set the stage chargers five and three, two primetime games coming up. Over or under? (laughs) Over or under one and a half for victories over these next two weeks? No, 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 no. That's too easy for Jake. That's too easy for Jake. Over or under (laughs) 0.5? Over or under 0.5 for victories for these Los Angeles Chargers in two weeks? Look, statistically, if you take in everything into account with especially the injury aspect and how devoid the Chargers are with some of their big-name players going up against two teams that are obviously one in the 49ers that are vying for a playoff spot, you have all this offensive firepower, and then Hurry obviously up, come on. divisional rivalry against the Chiefs. <laughs> Hurry Logistics up. would tell you that Jake Hefner would say 0-2 oh, 
easy. However, the, the Chargers always do this weird thing where it's like <laughs> it's like a back against the wall type of a game, and nobody on any level gives them any shot to win. And like I'm not calling it whether it's going to be this week or next week, but somehow they always seems to pull out like a game that they should have never had any business winning. So I will go. They will split one and one over these next two weeks. You're going I don't the over. I don't know which one it's going to be, but I'll say that they'll split one and one over these next two weeks. Fair. Okay. Segway. Perfect. Let's talk about bet online and our friends who have a very intricate website full of any prop bets you can imagine. <laughs> well, as always, we want to remind our listeners that bet online is where you're always going to find the latest odds, team matchup info, player in player news and game trends over uh, at betonline.ag. And as your continued source for all your sports waging information, bet online features live betting, free contests and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag and join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Now, folks, don't if you don't know, Jake is a huge, huge, huge Halloween fan. And the amount of movies that he watches around this time of year that are in the horror category, uh, I believe are second to none. I think you go through, what, like 60? You have two months back to back? So this year, the wife and I went and go from September and finish at the end of November. So if memory serves me correctly, see, we're on November 10th today. I think we're at day 70 of a horror movie a night. Get it. Damn. Well, uh, look, Jake's been watching murders for the last 70 nights, but who else is murdering? Thirst is our friends over at Liquid Death, Jake. <laughs> Very creative there, Wolkenstein. Talk about him. Yeah, so uh, as Dan eloquently just messaged with a great segue there, uh, Liquid Death is murdering thirst everywhere. Guys, if you are going into your local grocery stores, your Albertsons, your Ralphs, your Kroger's, your 7-Elevens, whatever happens to be in your neighborhood, and you happen to are, and you're looking for something to refresh your body, whether it's the water the energy drink section, your Gatorades. If you see something that maybe look like it doesn't belong, like a box of to- tall boys that just so happen to be sitting right there that has liquid death on the emblem, don't be fooled because it's not alcohol. It's the newest sparkling water that's out there. As Dan mentioned, again, it is murdering thirst everywhere. They do a great job of contributing to the recycling effort across the country. So go out there, get yourself hydrated, go on over to liquiddeath.com backslash LAFB. And like I said, go get yourself hydrated with liquid death. All right, Jake, let's get into it. So again, you guys can call me a voicemail anytime, 323-374-5651. We'll go ahead and play another one that we've gotten today uh, later on in the show. But again, feel free to send in your predictions, your feelings, post, pregame, you name it, and you can be a part of the show alongside us. Uh, Jake, so we've got this Chargers offense versus the Niners defense. Let's kind of start there. Um, And it's kind of historically this would be good on good, but the Chargers offense, I would say has not been as good as we would have thought. And we've talked about all the reasons why previously, but if we're looking at kind of the, the hard numbers here, yards per game Chargers offense ranks ninth, going up against a Niners defense that is best in the NFL at points allowed, or excuse me, at yards per loud at 286 yards 
per game for both rushing and passing, which is wild. Um, Chargers passing offense ranks fourth. Niners passing defense ranks eighth. Chargers rushing attack on offense, 28th. Niners rushing defense <laughs> uh, first. So I think we know who's going to be rushing and not rushing uh, in this matchup. But the 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 interesting part here is when you kind of peel back and look at this Niners defense and kind of where they make their money, it's not necessarily blitzing. The defense doesn't blitz that much. They only blitz 24.8% of the time, which is 19th in the NFL. But even though they don't blitz much, they still have a great hurry percentage, ranking ninth, and then pressure percentage, fifth best in the NFL at 25.5% of the pressures of the snaps are pressures. Um, fifth in quarterback hits, points per game allowed, only 18.4. That's pretty good, obviously. Now, Chargers, flip the other side, offense, third down percentage actually isn't bad. They rank 13th in the NFL, fourth down percentage or 21st, which a lot less than last year. I think they're only getting 44% of their fourth down conversions which is actually kind of a key to this game, which might be the Niners. One of the things they're bad at on defense is fourth down percentage conversion at over 71% fourth down conversions. So if the Chargers have to go to that fourth and Staley, that's where they can possibly make some money. But Jake, this Niners defense is good. Like we can talk about roster, which we're going to, but like what's your kind of overall landscape of just, Current state charges offense going up against this defense. We haven't even talked about McCaffrey. We'll get to the offense later in the Niners, but this side of the field. So it's been a very rough up and down year for the Chargers offense thus far, mainly because of the health of Justin Herbert and obviously the loss of Keenan Allen earlier in week one. And just gradually from there, you've just been depleted of of weapons since Jalen Guyton goes on IR recently. More recently, Mike Williams goes down for a number of weeks. You'd hope to have at least Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back, fingers crossed, at least by the time that the Kansas City game rolls around here in a couple weeks. But you've basically had to create a productive offense with what you have left. And it has gotten the job done certain times. It's been efficient enough to squeak by certain games. But damn, the biggest issue with this team and something that they need to work on is if you look at two key stats here, one we mentioned earlier on in the week uh, during the post-show of the Atlanta Falcons game, the Chargers have scored one touchdown in the first quarter all season long. And in the last four games, you have put yourself in a double-digit hole. That luckily for you, you are three and one in those four games and you have found a way to win ugly. But against this 49ers team with that opposing offense, with all of the weapons that they have on them, you cannot afford a another double digit hole in this game. You cannot afford another slow start. So you need to come out extremely aggressive Extremely aggressive. And Dan, I thought it was just, it was interesting. We were just mentioning before we got out, got onto the show here, uh, Joe Lombardi was just wrapping up some of his press conference. Daniel Popper had asked him just as far as the lack of speed that is currently on the team, how did they basically overcome it? And in just paraphrasing here, Joe, Bar- Joe Lombardi acknowledged the lack of speed that is on offense, but there is a scheme 
to structure to basically what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Minimize the impact offset, of the lack yeah, of seed or offset that essentially. So if that's the truth and this is the game planning and this is the health of Justin Herbert coming back and even with a depleted wide receiver core, you better be ultra aggressive, Dan, because you're going to have to rely on Josh Palmer again, who had a great game last week. You're going to have to rely on Gerald Everett again. I would like to see a game reflective of it's kind of a combination. If you look at the, the amount of workhorse that Austin Eckler was in a game where if you took two polar opposites, if you took the Kansas city game, which Justin Herbert goes off for over 300 yards, three touchdowns and interception. And then you look at the Denver game where Justin Herbert threw it 57 times, only around mid 200 yards or 200, I think it was around 220 some, some yards around there, and no touchdowns, one interception, but Austin Eckler was a workhorse in both those games, not in the running game, but in the passing game. He had nine receptions and 10 receptions, respectfully, in both of those games. You're going to need to rely heavily on him. I'm not sure you're going to be able to get your running game going against this defensive front, what they have. It's going to be extremely difficult. You don't know what this offense is going to look like because it really doesn't look like Trey Pipkins would be able to go for the fact that he re-aggravated his MCL injury. So fingers crossed on that. We'll ultimately see what happens by the time Sunday rolls around. But Dan, they're going to have to weather a huge storm. And you're, you're, you can't afford to fall down to this defense even with the weapons you have. So you knowing that, you have to come out with an extremely aggressive game plan to start this one. I agree. I agree. But like one of the things that I've kind of, I've heard a lot this week is, you know, this, this 49ers team is, you know, a juggernaut, right? The 49ers team is going to be such a tough task, which I agree they will be. But like also this 49ers team has given up 44 points to the chiefs, 28 points to the Falcons. who you just beat. They've lost to the Bears. They've lost to the Broncos. They've lost to the Falcons, who you just beat. And they lost to the Chiefs. Now, as much as, you know, the, the team is good, they now have McCaffrey, which is a whole different beast. And they now seemingly are going to have Debo Samuel. Jason Verrett, unfortunately, Chargers know that in very well, out for the season again with an Achilles. And you just have to... Your, your heart hurts for that guy because he was such a good player here in San Diego and LA. And then for him to go and continue that is just, it's awful. Um, but the team is not invincible by any means. And so like, this isn't going up against a seven and one, six and two, six and three, whatever, like a Buffalo bills wagon. This isn't going up against the chiefs. Like I don't see this game being like that. This is going to be similar in my opinion to the Broncos style of game where this is going to be kind of a slugfest and the Chargers have to finally, please hold them to the chunk plays. But on offense, like I think the Chargers, they're not going to win this game running the ball. Now, we saw Isaiah Spiller. He he looks like he's going to be coming back, and I think that is a type of running back you want in a game like this. But you're going up against a, a Niners game, team that they're top in the NFL, I think top two, and rushing yards allowed. Now, luckily, you've got a quarterback who's doing pretty darn good, looks to be healthy. We don't know 
the status of the wide receivers, but it looks like it's going to be, like you said, a lot of Josh Palmer, a lot of Michael Bandy, a lot of Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler. Like it's going to be that crew. Um, they got to sustain drives. And I think that's where, and I think it's going to be standing drives using fourth down. This is a style of game that mm-hmm. I can see them going fourth down more than they have in other weeks because I think they, their offense is going to have to do something. And so we're going to get into the other side of the ball, but on my, in my eyes, I think Austin Eckler might have more yards receiving than rushing this week. I hope Isaiah Spiller is the top rusher of our team. Now, will it happen? I don't know. You mentioned Trey Pipkins. The coaching staff has talked about being able to scheme around like one weakness on the offensive line going up against like a Nick Bosa. Like that's, Tough to do because you know he's just going to go to the weak spot, and at least they should. That defensive line in San Francisco is nasty, and they kind of I mean Fred Warner, arguably one of the top five or definitely top five front, uh, linebackers in the NFL. Luckily, Javon Kinlaw for the Chargers, at least, uh, is on IR. He's not going to really have to face him, but like Chavarius Ward, Jimmy Ward, like they got they got some dudes. That defense is. Very good. But I I would rather go up against a team that has a very good defense and an okay offense than the alternative. In my eyes. Because that's a team that I trust Justin Herbert. And I trust last week's Justin Herbert for sure. So that's kind of like my... Our off, Chargers offense, Niners defense. Like it's going to be... That's going to be kind of like a... That's a battle. I think that's going to be good on good generally. Now, charges aren't as good because they're out some players, but like that should be where the game is won. I am I wrong on that? You're not wrong on that, Dan. Just the the I think it's the overall execution. It's some of the game planning. Like I had mentioned uh, on Monday when we were doing the show, the biggest thing that we have yet to see from this team is consistency. Even in games where the Chargers have won and they've looked better, I won't say that they have looked stupendous because they have yet to put together four quarters of a football game, even sitting at five and three. But they have flashes. They have uh, you have a second quarter the way you had in Atlanta, where you played a little bit of complimentary football, both offensively and defensively. Your defense was able to get stops. Your offense was able to come back and put points on the board, and you're able to get back in the game very, very quickly. Like we said. The, the, the switch for the Chargers always just seems to sit right here in the middle. It's never on and then goes off. It's like right here in the middle. And depending on what happens, it's going to go in one direction or the other. You can just never trust it. And at any point in time, it's going to go like this. So we need to see a little bit more consistency, Dan. So if the post-game comments that Brandon Staley said after the Falcons game are to be true, that Justin is at that point, where we feel like we can open up some of those passes down the field a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I would expect that a week later and going up against a defense like this, that you're going to be able to expand on those comments, be a little bit more aggressive on first down, which you did in the second half of the Falcons game. Unfortunately, it was drops that really killed you on that drive. The Chargers have a lot of things battling against them. Right now, they're third I believe it was what third in EPA with 21 drops so far in the season. 
And from those 21 drops, they had projected, I can't remember where the stat was actually from. It was on a graph, but they had projected that those 21 drops equated to a total of 50 points, 5-0, that the Chargers have left on the left down the field. And to show you the fact that they're still 5-3, and three, yeah, it's pretty weird and bizarre, and that's pretty much how this Chargers season has gone thus far. That's roughly, like, that's roughly six points a game they've left on the field because of drops. So a lot of things have been battling against the Chargers through these first 10 weeks. But, but Jake, I, I think, and you, I'm glad you mentioned it, because I think the kind of consistency and execution, that's one half that I want to see on this Chargers offense. I talked about it last week when I was watching the game live, was like it felt like the offense is in quicksand. Every time it felt like they were getting something going, they would go backwards. They would have a penalty that called them back. They would have a drop. They would have something that was like, you've got to be kidding me. And it kept like, they had to go up against so many things and nothing came easy. That's something that I am looking for. I have not, I don't remember the last time I saw the Chargers get like an easy chunk touchdown. But seemingly they give up those all the time. And so the Chargers have been able to like exhale on offense, if you will. So I'm looking to see, can the Chargers get one of those chunk touchdowns? I'm talking 40, 50 plus one play and you're done. Seven points. Don't got to worry about it. Your offense is good. Defense can go out there. Can they do it? It's, I mean, it's been eight weeks, eight games, I should say. That's what I'm looking for from this offense. Can they get somehow the chunk play? We saw it last week. Austin Eckler almost had the chunk play where his, I think it was right shoulder, right elbow was down by the hair, which would have turned into like a 40 yard touchdown, but instead it got called back. Can they get it? That's kind of my eyes. It's a great defense they're going up against. So it's going to be hard to do, but those fluke things seem to always happen against the chargers. And can they possibly happen against the, the Niners once? We'll see. Like, they, the Niners are only only eighth in the NFL. Again, they're top ten of basically everything, but eighth in passing yards allowed. Chargers are fourth in passing. Like I think that's where this game can be had. And for you know, I'm picking here, but missed tackles, they're not great. Niners are eleventh in missed tackles, so I. Third down conversion, they give up 41%, more than 41%, that's 20th. So you can sustain drives on this team, but you got to actually do it. So that's Chargers offense, Niners defense. Now, I think the thing that scares most people (laughs) is the flip side. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, George... George Kittle, Jimmy G going up against this Chargers defense that, you know, I can get into the numbers here, but the Niners offense, yards per game, 12th, yards per play, 7th, pretty good. Uh, Roughly average in both passing and rushing, 11th in passing yards per game, 15th in rushing. They do allow 15th most sacks in the NFL. They're very bad on fourth down, only converting 28% of their fourth down conversions, Jake. That's 29th in the NFL. 13th in red zone on offense. 58% of the time they score plays. Excuse me, they score touchdowns. And they are 10th in the NFL with allowing 17 sacks total through nine games. Now, 
a lot of numbers kind of in the top 10 through 20-ish, if you will, for the Niners offense, but the Chargers defense, and look, we, we can go into all of the reasons for it, but I'm just going to stick to the facts here. Total yards allowed, Chargers defense, 21st. Scoring percentage, which is how many times, what percentage of scoring drives the Chargers allow on defense? Jake, 29th, 42% of the defensive drives for the Chargers end in points for the offense. Weird. You're not used to seeing this with the Chargers defense. Jake, did you know they actually rank 10th in the NFL in blitz percentage? Do you remember just a few short year, weeks ago or years ago? They were like dead last at 30. Like if there were 32 teams, they were 33rd. They were never blitzing. Now they're actually blitzing, showing some aggression there. Uh, 30th in points per game allowed at almost 26 points per game. So statistically, this is basically an above average offense versus a below average defense. Statistically. And this offense, the numbers that the Niners are showing, that is without Christian McCaffrey for almost all of their season. And Debo Samuel's been hurt for quite a bit. It looks like they're both playing. Yeah, so, there's one there's one stat that we need to look into that you that you left out because obviously I know you're saying the overall stats for the offense. But now you have to talk about the Chargers defense, and we know what everybody's afraid of when it comes to this defense is what's going to happen on the ground. The Chargers, Dan, are giving up 5.71 yards per carry, which is good for worst in the NFL. And by the way, they just lost one of their best interior run stoppers. Glass half full. Glass half full. Silver lining. Brayden Fajoko. Yes, that... First off, Chris Hinton, the Brandon Fajoko elevation to the active Braden roster. Fajoko. Excuse me, I keep screwing that up. I, I really, do I just not don't want the comments coming after you. No, I'm I really do you. not mean to do that. I apologize. Fajoko being elevated to the active roster should have happened weeks ago, regardless of this injury to Austin Johnson. So yes, it's a little bit bittersweet from the standpoint that we get to see Fajoko playing now. Yes. But still, Dan, that is a huge loss to a run defense that was already giving up that amount of yards per rush to opposing offenses. So, again, I feel like I go back to 2020 or maybe even last year. I can't remember because it all blends together. It feels like we've had a bad rushing defense for about the past eight years. It's like always been the Achilles heel of this of this defense. It feels like we just can't stop the run. It, there's not going to be a switch that's going to be flipped and all of a sudden the Chargers are just going to stop the run. Especially <laughs> this one. It's it's just not going to happen. I don't know what it's going to take. Uh, this We're now in week 10. Your defense pretty much is what it is, and you've seen this negative trend of giving up 40-plus yard plays throughout the season. I just don't see how they fix that by this point in the year. So do I think that you're probably going to get some chunk plays, whether it's from Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey from the backfield? Unfortunately, yes, I do. This do is, I think, this is a do big, I think this is a big, 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 big game Yeah, for Kenneth Murray and Drew Tranquil? Yes. One of the other stats, Dan, again, this is another one for Jimmy G, because you had mentioned the total sacks that were given up. Jimmy G under pressure 
does not do well. My question is, where is the blitz going to come from with this defense? Chris Rumpf was spotted at practice today. I will not say a damn thing because it's probably not going to happen at this part of the week getting ready for this game, but one could hope. You obviously have Khalil Mack. You're trying to create an edge rusher or just setting the edge with Kyle Van Noy and on the opposite side of him. You're bringing Derwin James off the edge. You're bringing Drew Tranquil on blitzes. You're going to need to be doing that over the next couple of weeks. I don't think you're going to be able to get home. I still think that opposing offenses, especially Trent Williams, even if you move Khalil Mack to the other side, he's still going to get double teamed because there's nobody that's scaring any opposing offense for our opposite edge rusher on the other side. So having Drew Tranquil shoot for the middle, Derwin James coming off the angles that he's coming off of when he's, when he's doing his blitzes, Brandon Staley is going to have to be dialing some of these up because he's not going to be able to get home with just the guys on the defensive line, unfortunately. I agree. And I think we hope to see that sooner rather than later. Like last week, we saw it against Atlanta. They were down 10 points. And then before you know it, like they're having to do this stuff to kind of get back into it. You see Derwin James get in there for the, the sack. You see uh, Drew Drank will go in there for the sack. Like I want to see that immediately. Like why wait for that kind of stuff? And can we get one game where the Chargers defense can stop an opposing team for like a field goal at minimum at the beginning of the game. And like the oh, Chargers oh, offense beginning the beginning of the game. Okay. I was yes. like and the Chargers offense do something right off the bat. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to see an early seven oh how about an opening drive touchdown? No, we can't be really, nice things, right? I know. You know, hey, a man can dream. There was a little bit of sarcasm behind that comment for sure, but it <laughs> goes back to my goes back to my last point. You can't afford to get off to a slow start against this no. offense and defense. So, I, I was looking at I was looking at ESPN earlier today, and like the they have like a predictor thing, like a matchup predictor. And according to ESPN analytics, the Chargers have a 23.7% chance of winning this game. Giving the Niners a 76% chance of winning. Chargers and are I think seven this, point underdogs, I believe. Yep. Yeah, I'm taking the under on that. I'll take the under. Hmm. What are you taking on the spread? <laughs> well, if anybody can gauge how I'm feeling, remember I said that the Chargers earlier when Dan was talking about over or under 0.5 in the next two weeks predictions. This game scares me more than the game a week from now against Kansas City. It scares me more just from a schematic standpoint, from what Kyle Shanahan will probably run against with against this team. Offensively and defensively, I think they're much more balanced than what Kansas City is. I still think Kansas City's defense can be had, and obviously they're an offensive powerhouse. And it's a divisional opponent. The Chargers always play them tough, and they almost beat them in Arrowhead earlier on this season. If it was not just if it was not for an unfortunate pick six, so yeah, this is the game that's scaring me. Okay, well, before we get into our kind of keys to the game and bold predictions and predictions, Jake, we got a voicemail here. Good friend of ours. Not the first time he's called in. Let's hear what they have to say about chance of the Chargers winning this week. Who's that team? 
Dan, Jake, this is it here. I know everybody is concerned about this game coming up against the 49er, but I will say this. Bears, Broncos, Falcons. Combined 10 and 16 record. The 49er lost to them. And they played a good AFC team in the Chiefs, and they got killed at home. I believe they overrated. I believe we're going to win this game. It's going to be close. My prediction is Chargers down 23-20. Herbert will drive the team. Game-winning touchdown to Josh Palmer. Chargers win 27-23. Fly home. Very happy. Thank you. Just what I think. Just what I think. Just what I think. Nobody can get more optimistic than Dan Wolkenstein. Let's go. You know, Dan. I think you should be subscribed to this person's fan club, Dan. Honestly, with (laughs) with the amount of optimism that he is feeling about this game, no doubt about it. And look, you can't. Niners overrated. Look, look. Josh Palmer touchdown at the end of the game. You say that the 49ers are overrated in a loss to the Chiefs. I mean. The Chiefs are expected to beat everybody. That doesn't automatically mean that the 49ers are overrated. So, and look, that was before they had Christian McCaffrey. And the 49ers, over the past several weeks, have gone through their own injury spurt and have progressively been getting guys back. And let's not forget, they are coming off of a bye this week going up against the Chargers in this game, and they're getting a handful of guys back. So still sitting at four and four for the 49ers, I think they're ready to make a playoff push. I really am, especially the way that their division is hanging in the balance currently right now. They're right in the thick of it. And with the talent that they have offensively on this team, they have all of the weapons to do so. And when you just look at the matchups, yes, I get it. Three and one in a stretch where the Chargers have given up double-digit points. You've essentially, you know, taken someone's best punch and been able to come out on the better side of it more times than not. But I don't know, Dan. Now I'm now I'm just now I'm rambling on, on that call. So because it's an optimistic call, by all means, please give your optimistic two cents to that to that perspective. Look, um, I don't know if they're overrated, but I do think they m- might be getting prematurely overhyped. Like they've won one game with McCaffrey. McCaffrey also, I think, didn't he like throw one, rush one? First, first player one? since LT to do basically <laughs> go the triple crown for running backs. Uh, but look, they're second in their division, just like the Chargers are. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't scare me. He's a game manager. I think this is one of those games did where Trevor Lawrence did this, Trevor Lawrence scare you? No. <laughs> did Geno Smith scare you? Honestly, the Seahawks game was a little that was a little rough. I'm not gonna lie. That was rough. Look, but look, like <laughs> the Niners defense scares me. And like they have two players on offense that scare me. But like I I think I think what worries me, Jake, is like Debo Samuel breaks seven tackles and goes for fifty-four yards and a touchdown, or like 
McCaffrey breaks a Kenneth Murray tackle to the house. Here, here's the bet. Here's the bet that it should be right now, Dan. Over or under one and a half big plays that the Chargers defense, yes, that the Chargers give up to this 49ers offense. Well, you know it's not going to be zero. It's not going <laughs> to so, be zero. You're at least going to get one. one. Screw it. Over or under two. Uh, I think it's going to be two. Hmm. I think it's going to be two. So if it was over under one and a half, I think I'm taking the over. All right. But hey, maybe this is where like comes back a little bit, averages out. Maybe all of a sudden charts get zero. Who knows? You can dream, right? <laughs> so Jake, for you, we're going to get into it. Keys to the game, bold and regular game predictions. Keys to the game to you are what? Right off the bat, Dan, as I've been saying this entire show, you have to start fast. There is no more of this sustaining, you know, being down in a 10-digit hole to opposing offenses and playing catch-up the rest of the game. I don't care if you have a 3-1 and record in that span of giving up those amount of points against this offense and with that defense coming up against you. You can't afford to get yourself in a hole. So you need to be aggressive from the get-go. From the get-go, Brandon Staley, Joe Lombardi should have a game plan to put points on the board and put them up early. So you have to be aggressive in this game coming out. Uh, Defensively, what are you going to do to put pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo? It's not going to happen from a majority of your line. You're going to have to get creative on your blitz packages with Drew Tranquil, Derwin James. If Obviously, if Khalil Mack can get free, he's going to get home and he's going to get his. But what are you going to do to supplant the absence still of Joey Bosa on that defensive front because the secondary, especially Mike Davis has been playing a little bit better. I'll be interested to see what the coverage is like against all these weapons. I would assume if Derwin James is not on the line, he's obviously going to be uh, hanging around between Debo and George Kittle and seeing the type of coverages that he can put on him. Um, we'll see if the secondary can lock down a little bit better because you are talking about a much different offense than what you went up against last week in Atlanta. So, Show me some creativity defensively on how you can try, how you can get off the field on third down and get to the quarterback, even without one of your premier pass rushers. As different as it is than Atlanta, like I do see the Debo Samuel, like Cordero Patterson, like there is some similarities there, and Cordero Patterson trucked us, <laughs> us being the Chargers last week, and. For the most part, like, I mean, the Chargers got out of the victory, but Debo Samuel is a better Cordero Patterson. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. And then you get to add Christian McCaffrey. So, like, it's going to be tough sledding. And I think, like, it kind of, to your part, to your point, like, can they just execute a full football game? They haven't done it yet, so the chances are lower than you would like to them to be. But if they can... I think you're good. This Chargers team has gone up against like literally everything, it seems. And somehow are five and three. So, Jake. Bold prediction. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the offense here, because I, I think that we'll see the next the next step in Justin Herbert getting back to his form that we're so used to seeing in this one. 
And I'll spotlight the receivers. Last week, it was Joshua Palmer, nine receptions for 109 yards. Dan, I'd say DeAndre Carter is going to get a little bit more involved in this one. You know who I think might get involved? Go on. Member of the Wolkenstein household. Who's that? Little Miss Avery Ah. has decided to be ingratiated with the show. Last time we had her on here, she was a little uh, scared because I was talking too loud. This time, she's got the Chargers bandana. Oh, yeah. She's ready to go. She's ready to go. She she's like definitely ready to go. Yeah. She looks like a football. She's going to be rumbling, tumbling, stumbling for the Chargers into the end zone. Avery, you going to do it? Prime time? Say, go Chargers! <laughs> she's like, my dad is a crazy person. <laughs> but look, um, I agree with you. <sighs> I feel like DeAndre Carter is going to get a little bit more involved in this game. I would love to see him being utilized on the outside more the way he was when he came in in the Raiders game in place of Keenan Allen. Uh, I don't know if schematically that's how it's going to be, considering that you are still without Keenan Allen and you are down Mike Williams in this game. So what's the offensive formation going to look like with the ragtag bunch of receivers that Justin Herbert has to throw to? But I would still like to see if, if Joe Lombardi is talking about the absence of speed that is on this team. As of this moment, DeAndre Carter is the fastest guy that you have. So unleash that cannon in the Justin Herbert playbook this week. To Carter? What the Why not? Why not? I mean, last they did it last week and he was in double coverage and the ball sailed like 20 yards over his head. Sure. But <laughs> why not? Give me some more of that. Okay. Fine. Um, bold prediction. Now I have a I have an optimistic one, then I have a pessimistic one. Which one would you like first? <laughs> uh, you know what? Save your pessimistic one for the end. Because okay. I'm so used to you say, you know, talking about your optimistic points of view. Let's go ahead and get that one out of the way, and then I'll be interested in hearing your pessimistic one. Optimistic bold prediction is the Chargers are going to score at least seven points from when? teams other from teams other than their offense in this game. You're going to see a defensive touchdown. You're going to see a scoop and score. You're going to see an interception pick six. You're going to see block punt, something like that. Something's going to happen. Seven points can be given to the Chargers by their defense this week. They've been close. They're going to get it this week. Okay. Definitely bold. (laughs) Definitely bold. Okay. Now, pessimistic. Uh, the like I think generally we like to talk about these and like the what are some bold ways the Chargers can like you know blow up in a good way. The thing that I'm worried about is like I mentioned earlier, but Debo Samuel just going off and. This seems like a game where, like, the Chargers may have to weather, like, a Debo Samuel breakout performance. Debo or McCaffrey, to be honest. I think one of them is easily going over 100 yards. Easily. And can the Chargers overcome that? I don't know. And that's where it comes back to, can they actually get a chunk play on offense? Who knows? Final score predictions, Jake. 
that you said the Chargers are going to get one of these next two. This is what scares you most. Unfortunately, I just, don't, I just don't see it being this one that they're going to get. Hmm. Uh, I'll say it'll be close because I'll, I'll still say that the Chargers will find a way to make it close. But in the end, I think there will be, whether it's at the beginning of the game, whether it's in the middle, right after halftime, who knows? The, the 49ers are probably going to jump out to a double-digit lead at some point in this game. I just, I feel it. You know, Dan, as you were talking about, one of these guys, whether it's CMC or Debo, is going to go over 100 yards. Dan, last week they gave up, what, 92 rushing yards just in the first quarter alone against that Atlanta Falcons team. Opposing, de- opposing offenses know what they can do to this team de- defensively and to wear us down. So I just, that's just one of those trends that I just do not see going away. And I don't, I, I don't see how you can go from one extreme to the other and try to plug that hole, especially without one of your best run defenders. So I think it'll be still a competitive game. I think the Chargers will find themselves in a double-digit hole at some point. They'll fight back. They'll make it close. They'll make it competitive. But I just think it'll be a little bit too little too late. Uh, I would love to come up here next week and say that I'm wrong uh, about everything that I'm spewing right now. But again, I I have more faith in the Chargers playing Kansas City in two weeks, possibly getting Keenan Allen back, possibly getting Mike Williams back, and against a divisional opponent that they have been historically very competitive with and almost beat earlier this year. I feel better about that game than I do about this game. I just think schematically and talent-wise, the Chargers just are not going to be able to overcome this 49ers hill. So I'll say 28-24 49ers in this one. (sighs) Okay. (sighs) All right, Jake. So we didn't really talk much about George Kittle. And to me, that was purposeful because I think Derwin, because Derwin James is on this team, like I think that kind of takes that out. Tight ends, I don't really fear positionally. This this feels like one of those games where everyone is right, not the Chargers. And these are the kinds of games where like Justin, I think someone tweeted at me a couple days ago, like this feels like one of those times where Justin Herbert might mess around and win this one. This is what this is what I was talking about the early part of this uh, this show, where it's just like these are the wacko type games. Chargers always have, play up to competition. You have this and yes. down to competition. Yes, and I don't understand why there just can't be consistency with that. It was like why can't you just play this way every single week? And some and somehow some way when the Chargers are out of it and everybody's writing them off, they'll always do this weird thing where they'll just come out and just be like, oh, "Whoa, where's this been for the past six weeks?" So yes, to your point, Dan. I fully agree. I just don't feel that that's going to be this week. I do think the importance of starting off fast will impact this game. And I do think the Chargers will start off fast. I do not think that they will have a double-digit deficit at any point in this game. I think the Chargers are going to go up early. And I think they're going to be scratching and clawing and praying to the high heavens that their defense can hold on at the end of this game. 24-20, 24-20, I don't see there being a lot of points scored. 24-20, and that might be too high. But I'm going to go 24-20, Chargers win. And that is on kind of a last drive stand by the defense to hold them on a fourth down to keep them from scoring a touchdown. 
24-20, Chargers win. Six and three, Jake. Despite it all, if the Chargers, if these Los Angeles effing Chargers, Jake, go six and three, I am going to be relentless with you on that next episode. Relentless. I'm, I'm already. I'm going to be insufferable. Gonna, I'm going to be sitting be here. Relentless. I have already. I just said 30 seconds ago. I will be the first one to come on here next week and love to talk about how I was wrong. You don't have to I throw. Will too. I will throw too. Aggressive. Jake Hefner's over here talking about draft season. Jake I'll Hefner's keep my own. <laughs> when have I even brought up the draft in this show? Okay, I like your disqualifier there in the show. <laughs> you are not clever, sir. Let's um, one there a little bit. Six and three would be what a world. Imagine the euphoria as we all talk about, despite it all. Uh, Dan, I'm surprised you did not bring up the other positive stat. You know, this is a game that is going to be on the road for the Chargers. I don't have to go too far. I think three and one, right? I was just going to say that Chargers historically don't have that great of a record on the road and they're three and one currently as it stands right now and i think that also i want to say it's like they're four and one i believe or five and one in one score games this season which is also that's very very non-chargers uncharacteristic <laughs> chargers stat normally they're like 24 28 <laughs> i got the chargers going one and oh this week jake's got him going oh and one shocker uh for jake hefter you can find him at jake t hefter myself at dan wolkenstein that's not true. At Dan W Sports, um, Jake, we have Dan's burner account. For anyone, for anyone who's still listening, we actually have a special guest coming on the show tomorrow. We haven't even teased it really. We're just gonna let that hang there. Uh, if you can guess who it is, we'll give you something. Send us, leave a comment, whatever it is. Tell us who you think it's gonna be, and if you're right, we'll send you a gift. Uh, for Jake Hafner, Dan Wilkinson, LAFB guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.